I think we're going to open up the shutdown full cast this week by acknowledging that we are, in fact, a day late due to some logistical concerns. By logistical concerns, Ryan, we mean... Wine! Sweet wine! Alcohol. Joe, as the Chinese would say. We got behind schedule because there was some social drinking. That's why. So this is why we're a day late, but we're here at the Internet's only college football podcast named The Shutdown Fullcast because there's other podcasts and we like them too. For instance, our friends at The Solid Verbal. Yay, you should listen to them too. Dan and Ty. They're way better at this than we are, but you're with us and stuck. If they recorded a day late, I think Ty... I think Ty would, like, spontaneously start bleeding out of all of his orifices. That's good social strat right there. <laughs> Instagram that. Look at what happens when we make Ty a day late. Do it for I the think, vibe. I think if they go a day late, everyone just pushes the week back a day late. That's it's right. Like, oh, no. to, I, guess to, I guess Monday's a bank Ooh. holiday. This is uh, Spencer Hall. I'm editorial director of SB Nation. Uh, joining me from just across the hall through a series of glass panes is uh, Ryan Nanny of SB Nation. Say hi, Ryan. Hi. I am. I think I'm in the product room. I think this is where the people make the website. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I right, get to it then. Yeah. They're they're not here, so you need to start making it. Shit. Um, off the hook for making the website for the day is uh, Jason Kirk college football editor for SB Nation, joining us from beautiful, uh, it is Kennesaw, Georgia, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Are you, are you outside today? Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's scalding hot. It's one of those walk back from breakfast at 9 a.m. days and take another shower days. Mm, the, the, my favorite summer phenomenon, the shower sweat day. Do you, I just learned what, the, what Kennesaw, what the name comes from. Go on. C- comes from a Cherokee word. Meaning cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's metal as hell. You damn right. <laughs> you damn right. Also, one of the only towns in America that by code requires everybody to be a gun owner. It's true. That's that's not a joke that I mean, I know we joke a lot on this show, so it's sometimes it's hard to tell. That's and an like, old law too, so damn. Sometimes things we say people say, well, Did you guys really mean that? No, 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 no. This is this is true. They're gonna cl- we can look it up. We don't make anything up. I'd like to open the show by by answering a reader question from Greg Wissinger at GWS on Twitter, which is, Q, how are things? I don't know, man. They're pretty good. I'm in Washington, D.C. this week, so they can only be so good, but we're pretty good. This is the bottom of the offseason. This is the trough. We are in the great Sargasso Sea of content where... What passes for news are satellite camps, Jim Harbaugh shirtless, right? There's an amazing number of people who have no idea what's going to happen when they get older because they saw Jim Harbaugh with the shirt off and they went, oh my God, he's so out of shape. That's a 50 plus year old man with his shirt off. That's what no. you have to look forward to. Go back and watch like a Harrison Ford action movie from like the early 90s and that's what he like. That's what action heroes used to look like. Just be like, oh, he doesn't have an obvious gut. He's in shape. 50s fit. 50s, 50s fit. fit. Yeah, where you just hiked your pants up to three inches below your nipples and sucked in your gut a little bit, and ta-da, you were Superman. I gotta say, he doesn't have... I, I really thought he would have a little more arm definition than he does. Well, here's the deal with Harbaugh. Hot yoga. He came up in the era before weights. That's true. He's a lot a- of calisthenics. Like, yeah, like I, I bet he's a big believer in. Well, just three glasses of milk and a hundred push-ups a day. Whole milk. He has. He's commented on this. He has. We're not, again. We're not we making say this the whole. up. No. Yeah, he's brought whole milk to staff meetings, insisting that it would be really, really good. Michigan. I repeat, you hired the most Michigan coach available. Good job. It happened. Jason Kirk. How are you? How are things? Uh, things are fine. That's what, I'll, that's what I'll go ahead and I'll just stamp a fine on it. Fine. Super oh. hot. I mentioned that, but it bears repeating. And Ryan. Um, you know, your, your comment about how this is the bottom of the offseason made me have sort of an unfortunate realization. So I don't know if you two do this, but the offseason for me, when it starts, I'm like, okay, this is when I'm going to like better myself or expand my 
knowledge, skill set, whatever, I'm going to do something in the off season. And this is right about the point of year where I'm like, oh yeah, that didn't happen. And, and it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, for me that point is like it starts like two or three weeks in and just continues. I just yeah. realized like, n- nope. No, maybe, I can maybe I next can, year. I can delude myself pretty well up to Memorial Day, and then it's just like, oh, oh, wow. Well, there's. I guess I'm not reading that stack of books. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna get in shape to this level. I'm gonna read this number of books, you know, and all all this. Nah, nah. I'm gonna learn how to make my own pasta. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna learn how to paint. I'm gonna <laughs> learn a martial art. Nope. Gonna no, watch. I'm no. gonna watch all the John Ford's films. You're barely gonna keep the yard trim. Yeah. I, it's like, well, I bought new shorts. Congratulations. I still haven't done that. Yeah, you're a disaster. <laughs> I know. I got my new shorts. Check. Done. Check. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring on the season. I got to be honest. I actually this week said, man, I need to buy some some shorts. And, <laughs> and the next thought in my head was this. Where do you buy shorts? You're so old. Wow. I don't. I don't. You're so old. Uh, no, that, I would have been like this at 12. It this is, like, well, this is why they invented Kohl's. Because Kohl's is ideal for somebody who says, where do they sell that? They have it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. It may not be good. It may not be something that looks that nice, but they have it. Where do I buy a tchotchke? You Kohl's. Can Kohl's. You can where buy do I buy Machiavelli brand sweatpants? Kohl's. Kohl's. Where do, I buy, where do I buy an off-brand dialysis machine? Kohl's. Done. What about like a Clemson candelabra? Coles. Definitely Coles. I bet Dab- I... I bet Dabo goes to Coles all the time. Where do I buy a double boiler? I don't even know what that is. Coles. Do you think Dabo thinks he's endorsed by Coles? It's but, like it's possible. He's never signed anything. He's just Hi, I'm Dabo Swinney here in front of a Coles. Sir, could you please get out of the way? Sir, uh, I am a rewards member. <laughs> I'm part of the Coles Club. You get a free dialysis machine. <laughs> Which is, in South Carolina, that is pretty useful. That's a real, it's a miracle. Um, you can run that out of your house. Don't even need a license. Yeah, it's this is the time of year when you start to realize that you're not going to get any of your grand goals done whatsoever. Nope. Fortunately, I've had children, so I've replaced any ambitions with merely surviving. So we're past that now. There's no aspirations. Now you're like, wow, I cleaned up. I found a two-day-old slice of pizza in the toy bin. Awesome. So you're just like Matt Damon in The Martian. I am. You're just charting days. You're just like, I just got to make it with these kids another 200 days. Move on from there. Exactly. I I have to get to football season, and I have to make food grow in this house of mine, you know, through a field that's made of nothing but Legos. That's that's what it's like living. Do you make people. food grow in the house? Yeah, I have to make food grow in the house. Okay. Somebody says, "Oh, what about Instacart?" No, you're not playing the game. Okay, we're talking about self sufficiency. We're going to make it happen. The topic this week that I wanted to address is: uh, it's not often one wants to talk about UConn football. It's not often one wants to talk about UCF football, but Bob Diaco, the second-year coach at UConn, decided he was going to make a rivalry. What, pray tell, who would UConn pick if we were just going to make a rivalry and make some excitement happen? Uh, Would you look at Temple? They're right down the road. Sure. Maybe a Boston College. Sure. They're right there, too. Uh, You could choose any one of a number of mid-Atlantic partners, geographically relevant partners, places where fans could travel back and forth. Maybe... Maybe even go with, like, a Tennessee just to add in, like, the fun basketball element of it. Sure. Sure. You know, you could just make it a two-season rivalry. Yeah. Jason Kirk, who did they pick? Well, they went even closer. They went right right around the corner to Orlando, picked up UCF. Okay. That's... It's, It's really close. It's really, really... Close. Um, it's right down the eastern seaboard. Tech- yeah, yeah, you go there by a uh, cargo ship. They have a lot of things in common, though. Um, 
for instance, Hartford and Orlando are both in the United States. Uh huh. It's a great start. Um, Medieval Times is a form of insurance, I believe. Yeah, that's true. They have that in common. They are only a short 18-hour and four-minute drive. A scenic drive at that. 1,192.9 miles. You do get to go to south of the border if you go that way. Hey, so they're not that. even they're, – they're in the same conference. Same time zone. What more do you need? Same conference. That, Are they? That Is that true? They'll, they'll, that means they'll play often. I don't think I don't think that's true. I think you made that. I'm up. pretty sure they're in the same conference. I'll agree to disagree. It, it, the Big Eastish one, um, it, the uh, you know that one, the American, the, the the most literally. There we go. Remember what we said they have in common? They're both in the United States. Why is that important? They're in the American conference. Yeah, the Big Easterly. Yeah, and this is a team, by the way. They've played. Um, it's a storied rivalry because they have played twice. They played in 2013 and 2014. That's history. So it's, it's a continuing rivalry. It's uninterrupted is what you're saying. Correct. It is an uninterrupted rivalry. They, they love playing each other so much they've never called this game off. And you know what? Take that border war. Yeah. yeah take, I mean, take how that, many take times that Iron Bowl. Two years A&M played Texas. You call that a rivalry? Mm-hmm. 48 times in my mind, 70 in my heart. Zero on the field. Yeah, they've never taken a break from this rivalry. It's uninterrupted. I think what we're trying to say is that it's kind of dumb. It's a little dumb that you just sort of pick a rivalry out of a bag. Particularly when, when asked about it, George O'Leary, UCF's head coach, knew nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) What? Like, that's... That was basically his reaction. They built. Now, how does George O'Leary, O'Leary like embellish knowing nothing? Because like the man likes to stretch a stretch a tail a little bit. Is it like it's not just Anna, but more I've like, never even heard of UConn. No one has ever heard of UConn, or like I invented UConn. Connecticut left this union ten years ago. I'm not even the coach at UCF. Oh, we have a rivalry with them. Well, we've beat them a hundred times in a row. As president of the University of Central Florida, <laughs> I cannot endorse this. They even made a trophy. And well, in- they bought a trophy. Let's be clear. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the correct term is there is a trophy. We bought a zoo. I, the verb I would guess would be found, discovered, yeah, it, uncovered. It does. If you look at this trophy, and really, what better dis- topic to discuss on an audio podcast? It has the feel of. A bowling trophy that you bought at a yard sale and then you like peeled off the panels that said bowling and you put on your team logos. Yeah. And the name they gave for this found trophy is this. They called it the Civil Conflict. <laughs> John John Grisham's <laughs> Where the name comes from was apparently after they played uh, last season, Diaco said something like, "Hey, we ought to make this a rivalry. Call it the civil conflict, you know, because you're <laughs> calling some, throwing around the word civil war, uh, talking about a North team and a South team that could, could get heated unless it's yeah. within the state of Oregon. So it's almost like they just took his little like weird quote and decided, you know, it would be really cool if we made that tiny weird throwaway quote uh, like a big thing." Like it, it's it. like if he called if he said something like call it the you know I don't know the whatever game then like would they make a trophy the whatever game like you couldn't even get a consistent uh, you couldn't even get like a consistently interesting quote to base this off of right like they ought to have a rivalry let's call it a rivalry then UConn UCF a rivalry could have called it Husky Night Husky. <laughs> Now that's how you do this. We, <laughs> we play for the Yukon is better anyway trophy. <laughs> the Husky Knight, just this like portly fat dude in a suit of armor S- that spilling, they play for. S- spilling out of chain mail. Spilling out of chain this mail. This used to fit. <laughs> 20 years ago, I looked fucking awesome. Damn it, William the Conqueror. <laughs> just stick to the diet. Just told you we shouldn't have come to the Red Fair, Diane. Um, so the Ren Fair trophy between UCF and UConn is obviously really silly, but it did 
make me think that we need something like a, a kind of a check on on rivalries because I think the bar is too low for what we consider a rivalry and we never actually like uh, revisit them or modify them or talk about whether they're actually real rivalries and I'm not talking about your more obscure instances which are obviously not rivalries anyone knows about for instance hey did you know Boston and College Boston College and Clemson have a rivalry and and they even have a trophy the O'Rourke McFadden trophy for it, no, you didn't know that because uh, it's it's not a real rivalry that anyone really sort of pays attention to or has any currency. And also, Clemson has beat them like four out of the last five years. So it's not anything that you could actually apply any real heat to. But I kind of wanted to look around and just go, okay, well, what actually, what rivalries actually matter? Like what, which, when somebody says like an old one, I'll just throw one out there randomly. When you say uh, Notre Dame, USC, that's, I, I don't know who really, outside of a few partisans in there, that's not like a nationally uh, super important rivalry. And for a lot of reasons, but just there's just not much there in terms is of... It, is, that, is that a rivalry? Do they, do they play? Every year, I think. Yeah, they, they play. They tend to play every now and then. Every, it's the, it's the, uh, the we lost to Stanford game, basically. Exactly. It's the teams that aren't Oregon coming out of the Pac-12 rivalry. That's the one that, like, I mean, I, yeah, that, that probably is the game that has the farthest disparity between what it's supposed to be, what your granddad thought it was, and, like, what it currently is. Because, like, that game at its point in the season, you know, Notre Dame has nothing to play for, and USC is maybe scrapping to win the Pac-12 South. There's just nothing on the line, you know, other than uh, old people like these teams. It's the perfect game for NBC to broadcast because, mm-hmm. because NBC is into, you know, your, your thrift shop kind of like standards for their rivalries, right? Like it was big in 1954 and for just $8, you can buy it again. USC. The Glenn Miller Orchestra presents. <laughs> Notre Dame, USC, live from the Coliseum. Like that's. Live? <laughs> live! Okay. <laughs> Tape delayed. Tape delayed. <laughs> announced Tuesday, by, prime time. Anna- the UNBC. Announced, announced by John Tesh. Sponsored by the USO. Welcoming our boys back from fighting far and wide for liberty. Like that. Flash. National yeah. anthem sung by Paul Reiser. <laughs> what? He's NBC Synergy. Okay. My three dads. <laughs> yeah, that's it, that to me doesn't really have like the kind of weight that it sort of once had the big 10 like the big 10 does a good job in diffusing this because they have a trophy for everything oh my god everything so much garbage so much garbage being passed back and forth across state lines (laughs) but they kind of diffuse that by like well yeah we got a we got a trophy for that one that's very near and dear to the hearts of several people involved in this podcast tennessee florida it's not it's not really it's not really a rivalry anymore. It, it was. There was like a hot moment. But in terms of like overall rivalry heat, that's at like at best a one or two with 10 being the Iron Bowl, right? They have, I mean, these two teams have not even played that much. They've only played 44 times. Yeah. I like, mean, that's nowhere near two. <laughs> well, we, can't a, we, we can't approach the purity of the Yukon <laughs> UCF one been diluted by actually playing. Now, when is the last time uh, that is there? There's not a Tennessee Florida trophy, is there? No, not I'm, sh- I'm sure there is, but not I'm according sure to Wikipedia, it's something. not recognized. But I'm sure there's something. No, when when is the last time the hypothetical trophy has actually changed hands? Uh, that would be 2004. 2004. I was at that game. That was fun. Yeah, I mean they haven't won in you know ten years. But, but do you know where the first Tennessee-Florida game was played in 1916? I do not. Tampa, Florida. Which explains the cursed and devalued nature of this rivalry <laughs> from the start. Why were they? Why was anybody doing anything in Tampa like pre-penicillin? It was cheap. <laughs> Playing the Vols, that's what they's doing. <laughs> Please say that was like some sort of malformed bowl game. That had to be. 
I don't know. I mean, I assume they just went there because they're like, yeah, it's 1916. Somehow GameStop is still here in Tampa. We'll go there, get some cheap games. It's beautiful. Nintendo games of 1916. (laughs) Mostly racist. Mostly racist. Man, this whole Birth of a Nation game is just crazily racist. It's hard, too. Yeah, it's hard, man. It's like three hours long, too. Uh, But that's one that, like, like... There are ones that do not, like right now, you don't want to, like classic rivalries, rivalries, there are some at the moment who just hold up. Like Alabama-Auburn doesn't really, I think it was probably at its lowest point as turn, a game that you would actually watch when Tuberville was just beating the dog off Alabama for mm-hmm. like five years straight. The like honk if you sacked Brody game is probably like the low point of that rivalry in terms of in terms of actually being something that, you know, the uninterested viewer, the uninvested viewer would watch. And even the thing about that game is, like, how low, if it's scale of 1 to 10, how low can it really get? 6 or 7? I mean, like, even if one team wins five years in a row, it's still the most important sporting event in our... um, What's the nicest way to say craziest? Uh, Craziest. Passionate? Our most passionate state. Our most passionate state. Because when Not, I think Alabama, I think passion. Passionate kisses. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought of it. It's very hot. Did you bring Mar- Did you bring Mary Chapin Carpenter into this podcast? <laughs> I couldn't. Not. I'm sorry. My God. The but there are other ones too that I think are like. I, I think Oklahoma Texas generally holds up. I know that they've had their foibles in recent it, years it helps that oklahoma texas has the decency to be like yeah it's gonna be at twelve thirty. it's not gonna be great we're not gonna pretend like this is a must-see seven o'clock event yeah and the thing about that game is one team always obliterates the other it's and up. it's yeah. it's usually the one the team that's bad that does it right. <laughs> it's a rivalry game that delivers in terms of like perdition and pain right it's and a game. Texas fans leaving early. Right. Like, when things go wrong in that game, it's a 40-point slide, or Chris Sims gets, up like, annihilated by Roy Williams coming over on, like, a, you know, spring-loaded, like, safety blitz in the end zone. Like, that's... It is... It is... This game is to each of these teams' season as, like, the corporate Christmas party is to your... A year at a job. So you can, like... You're Oklahoma. You've had a really good year at work. But all anybody talks about is how you pissed yourself at the Christmas party. And the equivalent <laughs> here is losing to Texas very badly. That's like the biggest anchor dragging down the Mac Brown era. Right. Right? Like, Our- yeah. Yeah. Mac, Mac, you know, January to November, Mac was a hell of an employee. Christmas party rolls around. You're going to see his dick. Mr. Mr. March, Mr. Recruiting Champion, Mr. Football, Mac Brown. And... Those were not, like, not small losses. Now, if you were looking at a rivalry where, okay, I'm going to back up. We call it El Asico because I am genuinely fascinated by the terribleness of Iowa and Iowa State every single year. It's really beautiful. It is. And somebody, it's not like that game always hinges on, like, some last-minute horrible thing. No, it hinges on, like, abominable play after abominable play. It's, mm-hmm. it's early in the season, so everyone's healthy enough to go really hard, but they're not quite experienced enough or together enough to really play coordinated football. <laughs> it's it's passionate, which I don't think helps. <laughs> I don't think that helps in terms of execution or people trying too hard. I would like to read some final scores from this series since 1980. So these are not like old-ass football was a totally different thing. Are you ready? Okay. 10-7. 19 7, 10 3, 21 7, 17 10, 17 14, 15 13, <laughs> and my favorite, 9 6. <laughs> Those are real scores. Oh, it's ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Like, that, that's one that, like, I'm just fascinated by how much pain it inflicts on everyone. Mm-hmm. Including the uninvested viewer who just stops by and goes, Ooh, four turnovers for the winning QB. Awesome. I'm totally gonna go to this game one day. Absolutely. It's gonna be amazing. How about this one? Um 
the Rio Grande rivalry, New Mexico, New Mexico State, which used to have a trophy, the Maloof Trophy. If you're familiar with the name Maloofs, the, um, the, the incompetent owners of the Sacramento Kings who made their money from casinos and all that and uh, tried to move the city back and forth around California, yep, it's named after their family. Sweet. <laughs> you say incompetent. They're wealthy, so I say eccentric. Eccentric. Sorry, sorry. That's uh, that's got to be the worst trophy I've ever heard of. I'm also like there are there are rivalries that I will ride for as being way better than than you think. Like I don't think the Golden Boot gets enough credit. Mm-hmm. I think Arkansas LSU, um, like it has yeah. been, it has been lopsided because Arkansas has extreme ups and downs. Well, part of that is LSU fans are extremely snobby and refuse to admit. That, that like, is a thing. anyone is their rival? Yeah. Like, if you say to LSU fan, who's your rival, Arkansas? No, no, no. Ole Miss? No, no. A&M? No, no. Gout. Gout. Even, even Gout though the answer to all is Gout. yes. <laughs> like, they have an entire chant about Ole Miss, but no, no, not a rival. No, no, no. No, they're not, they're yes, not a rival. LSU-Arkansas, awesome rivalry. The, the Black Friday is usually uh, when that would happen. Now that's moved around. But, you know, anything with traditions like that, you know, and, and memorable games, and the fans clearly hate each other. Yes, it's a rivalry. Also, end of the season, so you get the possibility of injury, uh, holiday distraction, and generally overlooking a mediocre opponent all combined into one unpredictable body. Remember that this is this is a game where Arkansas has leapt up from nowhere and sank its fangs, its tusks deep into the jugular of LSU. Uh, out of nowhere, that's happened a couple of times. It is shocking. This is the this is the team that like beat them with Casey Dick, if you'll remember, <laughs> at QB. I believe that happened one year when LSU was in a pretty good spot at the end of the year and did not ruin their season because, of course, LSU seasons are not ruined. They're just a little overcooked. And well, speaking of SEC rivalries, here's a, here's a little quiz. Um, which rivalry Wikipedia page does the following sentence come from? Okay. The rivalry is the most evenly matched in the SEC with the series officially tied at 21-21. Now, I am not looking. I am just going to go ahead and guess that that comes from a description of uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt. Very close. This is Kentucky, Mississippi State. Which is, of course, the throwaway cross-division game between the two leftover schools after everybody else more or less made sense with their cross-division rivals. Yeah, like that South Carolina A&M rivalry is like... That's just just the new guys' bowl. Yeah, Yeah, it's just the new guys' bowl. Like, oh, you were in the ACC for a long time, and you were in the Big 12, and I don't know, you both like farm animals. Okay, yay. Go ahead. I mean, Syracuse apparently has a rivalry with West Virginia. Uh, Do tell. I I guess that's the thing. I mean, not anymore because they're not going to play. And I can't imagine that either one of those teams is clamoring. Because Syracuse-West Virginia is the one rare instance where neither team is excited to go to the other. Like, if you're... If you live in Morgantown, you're not like, oh, yeah, we're going to Syracuse. And if you live in Syracuse, you're not like, oh, yeah, we're going to Morgantown. Yeah, I feel like both ways it's like... That's... It's a prison transfer. That's... <laughs> like if, you're, if, you're, if you're a West Virginia fan, like, oh, yeah, let's get up and go to, go to Syracuse. It's um, a town of about the same size. Doesn't have any hills left to change our tires and our shoes. Probably can't hunt. Now there there are West Virginia has a couple of rival, rivalries of varying uh, quality that are sort of on hiatus. There's the West Virginia Penn State series, mm-hmm. which if you look, um, it wasn't really that exciting a rivalry because it usually just ended with Penn State like cleaning the floor with West Virginia. Then there's the the one that I actually want. And I will show you now as an example of how to completely botch a rivalry is Virginia Tech and West Virginia. The Black Diamond Trophy. The Black Diamond Trophy, right? <laughs> Which is it's, it's about skiing or paintball, one of the two. It's you know what? Best part? It's it's about all of it. 
It's meant to symbolize coal, but it just keeps going, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that also, Black Diamond could be about amphetamines. So, or or uh, snakes. Yeah, or snakes. So it's everything. We've got all kinds of stuff. Um, but that is, that's a rivalry that they have screwed up because they did not play it enough. It's pretty even. West Virginia leads, like, historically 28-22-1. Uh, Right? They played 51 times. That qualifies to me as a pretty good rivalry, and they're going to play it again. And guess where they're going to play it? I don't know. I'm afraid to ask. Uh, they're playing at the Redskins State or something dumb play, like that? They're playing at goddamn FedEx, FedEx Field. Field in Landover, Maryland. I'm sorry God. for saying the name of that football team. It's all right. We'll edit it out in post. Thank you. Yeah. It, but then they, are, then they are doing a home-and-home home after that. They in, are. in 2021 and in 2022. 2021 and 2022. Frank Beamer will still be there. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pry him out with the chisel. How many coaches will WVU go through in that time <laughs> with Frank still on the throne in Blacksburg? Like four. I'm gonna. I, my realistic answer, like no lie, that's a that's three. They're gonna go through three. That that's. Probably plausible. Sounds right. Probably. Three and a half is the tough over under there. Yeah, I think you get the half when like the interim gets the right. head coach fired. Right. Yeah, could we count like I mean some interims count for more than a half, right? Like if it was uh, Joe Kynes, I know he's retired, but if you get Joe Kynes, I'm giving you a point seven five for an interim there. He's like point seven five of an interim coach. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hard on you. If it's John L. Smith, that's point two five. That's under. It's not, it's not even a whole coach. Not yeah. even half a coach. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, there you go. Playing a fantastic rivalry in two absolutely incredible game environments and taking it to where football, hope, and dreams go to die, FedEx Field. But first they get sued. And, yeah, but first they get but First the lawsuit. But first they get sued and everyone gets lukewarm Johnny Rockets lunchboxes. Um, I, I have found what I think is the cuddliest rivalry out there. That would be a little something called the Textile Bowl. That's uh, Clemson NC State. Uh, yeah, and per the Wikipedia description for this, uh, let's see. The rivalry is usually considered good-natured due to how similar the two universities are in terms of mission, academics, and fans. In the days and weeks leading up to the game each year, both universities host special programs and events promoting each other's textile programs. It's Oh, man, I just heard, like... Chickens clucking and cows mooing. That whole description. <laughs> <laughs> this this really this is like a Judy Garland musical of a bowl game. Now they're like waving banners made of different textiles <laughs> and Welcome oh, yeah. Clemson, you are our friends. Like I think like and I know, like there are some rivalries that for me the the record doesn't really matter throw the record out i where i actually believe that like there's one or two of them where i i buy that like clemson south carolina i don't think that's ever like the most violent rivalries are often between two groups of people who are basically the same people mm -hmm. and will swear to you up and down that they are not absolutely yeah there are some where there are clear differences culturally demographically whatever but I, I totally agree. The very best ones are where they don't even have to cross those boundaries. There's no translation whatsoever. The, the, the expletives, they, they launch at each other. They know immediately what they mean. You're referring to a bum fight. That's what a bum fight is. I'm not the bum! No! <laughs> He's the bum! And they're both, obviously, they're both all, the bum in bum fights. We're all bums. Yeah. But, like, South Carolina, Clemson, I don't really care what the record is there because i know that these two extremely similar groups of people will mm -hmm. be at each other's throats and we have the real live and precedented possibility of an on-field brawl on field in the stands outside the stands my favorite thing about this rivalry is they also have a blood drive competition <laughs> that like and they market it like brilliantly like who's gonna spill the most blood like they 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 really get like how a blood competition should be termed. Do you think anybody on either side of that rivalry has shown up to the blood drive with just a few bags of unmarked blood and be like, this counts? Undoubtedly. This is, counts. Is this human blood? It's blood, ain't it? What are you, a cop? You what said are you, some blood. sort of blood cop? What are you, What blade? are you, a Clemson fan? 
Listen, Blade, I don't have to take this shit from you. <laughs> this guy here, he must be a Wofford fan. <laughs> hey, listen, I have blood. I drove here. That's a blood drive. That's, take, what I'm, that's what I'm told this is. Take your calls to Charleston ass out of here. Speaking of blood, uh, this game is also played for the Hardy's Cup, I believe it's called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is perfect. Just speaking of uh, body parts splashing on the ground. <laughs> Another one that really like outpunches its record because it's a lopsided series with a clear historical advantage. And I don't think the game itself is what I'm talking about, but the animosity and sheer vitriol surrounding the third Saturday in October between Alabama and Tennessee, like they, they, they still care. Like Tennessee fans still care. They they know it's miserable, but they will still make sure to tell you exactly how awful everything is about Alabama every time they come in contact. And you get the Alabama fan who wants to tweak Auburn by saying, "Actually, I think Tennessee's our biggest rival." Oh! <laughs> and Tennessee's like, "Just leave us alone." <laughs> no, don't you. don't turn. It's like the Eye of Sauron turns to you. look at you. you. No, focus on Auburn. <laughs> Go look at it. Oh, my God. Go focus on the trees. No, this is no, Lord of the Rings. Look. UAB did something again. Look at them instead. <laughs> <Look> at them. <laughs> Go stare over there, buddy. <laughs> oh, we just got the crops planted again. God damn it. Butch Jones does it look a little hot. He looks a little hobbitish. I mean, sure. Yeah. I don't remember a hobbit with that particular hairstyle, but I'll go with it. Well, I mean, uh, it, he's, he's like, is he shorter than Saban? I mean, I know that's, that's not, that's not <laughs> like that. They are really similar in height. Yeah, but you got to admit that, like, kind of ear length, almost sort of jaw length hair on most hobbits, that's basically your Tennessee and Alabama undergrad haircut, is it not? Little shaggy, like just yeah. church long. Frodo's right? got, yeah, Frodo's definitely got Bama Banks. I guess what I'm wondering is, is Saban a hobbit who is has infiltrated Mount Doom? Yeah, but there's more than one true ring at Bama. Know what I'm saying? Roll time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We got nice. tw- got 28 of those. Well done. 37 rings to rule all yours, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Roll tight. Uh, finally, the the one that I that I really do like, the only rivalry I've been to where I You're actually... You're talking about Navy SMU. Mm-hmm. You read you gotta my... Gotta get that Gantz <laughs> trophy. Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. My mind is a pamphlet, and you just read it. Um... Texas and uh, Texas A&M, because I, that's the only one where I thought, like, maybe things were too emotional. Because They, they still are. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen two, like, like, I really wish they would just kiss and make out and be happy. Because they're really, that was, emo- like, going to that last game, it sounded, it really did sound like family law. It sounded like, you know, I just, he just doesn't give me enough credit. They just don't understand what we're going through. Why'd they leave? Why you don't want me? Like that was that was really the reaction from a lot of AM and Texas fans. They just like like I would sit there and like on a corner, right, on the AM campus where they would just sit there and talk and it sounded like two people breaking up. Like like when like like serious breakup, like divorce breakup. Yeah, that's what it was. And like uh, neither has found a new partner. No, yeah. oh. all, all, you know they've sort of found new sad pieces that uh, they they would like the other to think are actual full pieces, but no, no, no. We we know both of y'all are eyeing, you know, eyeing the other with both eyes, and everyone did, can see it. I did like that the Texas legislature attempted to pass a bill requiring Texas and a- Texas A and M to play each other every year. Oh God, they're they're Tammy and Ron, aren't they? It, it died in committee. They are. They are. They're Tammy too and Ron. Tammy too and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> with Texas just sitting there in the front row with no underwear, going, "Hey, Ron." I was gonna say that does make that makes Texas A&M Ron, right? Yeah, because yeah, ultra con- I mean, ultra conservative, right? Nothing's changed yeah, in like yeah. forty years. Like, which of these is going to be better at woodworking, Texas A&M yeah, or Texas? that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Whereas Texas is sort of, you know, you get the, 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 the floosiness, probably better at drinking fruity things. Mm-hmm. Probably has slashed another woman's tires. It kind of runs like a, like, 
mafia, like the library mafia, which is basically mm-hmm. what another good code name for like the Big 12, right? Like quietly controlling everyone through a series of carefully leveraged fees. Yep, that's Texas. <laughs> so glad we figured that out. Jesus. We have a re- well, do, we have, do we have a reader question, Jason? A reader question? Yeah. You got you got one you want to talk about this week? Uh well, hang on, hang on, hang on. It got apparently there is a big US soccer thing that just happened. Mm-hmm. So the, the we got deluged in US soccer questions, but there was one that caught the eye. I do like um, that people ask those questions as if they actively don't want their question to be asked on the full cast. Well, they're they're just fired up. They're excited. Anybody cool. anybody else have one while I hunt? Uh, yeah, I have one. This is a question from Nate Edwards at Nate G Edwards on Twitter. Uh, other than Florida, and I assume that is directed at Spencer and myself. Jason, of course, of course, is a Kennesaw State fan through and through. What team do you always root for that you would never admit that you root for? And it's that last part that's tricky because, like. Baylor is a team that I pretty consistently root for, but I have no problem admitting, like, hey, I root for Baylor. So if we're talking about a team that I consistently root for that I would feel weird admitting that I root for, uh, I'm probably going to say Boston College. Oh, my. Yeah. It feels weird. Is that that because of Adazio? It's a little bit because because of Adazio, and it's a little bit because like Boston College used to be a thing, and it wouldn't be so bad if they were a thing again. And it's also because Boston College does a good job of like fucking things up for one or two teams a year. Sometimes one of those teams is Boston College, but still. Uh-huh. I have a hard time admitting how hard... Um, I will sometimes pull for God. This is this is like it's kind of painful to say because I don't want them to to like. All right, this is a team. If I just start to paint the picture, you're going to yeah. be able to guess who this is. Okay. Um, they're a fan base that you really don't want their attention. Okay. <laughs> okay. So right. I've narrowed it down to like 30 teams. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They're in the SEC. Okay. Okay. They are traditionally a program that considers themselves to be far more important than they actually are. Okay. And their coach is a damn lightning rod of just brohemishness uh, and, and open tomfoolery. And it's, it's Arkansas. It's Ar- like it's, wow. Yeah, like I really love watching that Bielema Arkansas team, but I don't really want Arkansas fans to think I'm even closer on their side because right. – because that, that's when they stab you. And two, uh, I'm pretty sure Bielema is going to do something dumb. I don't know what it is. But it's Arkansas. People just do dumb things there. Okay? And not just Bobby Petrino. And three, I know it's not going to end well, so I don't want to get too affectionate or friendly with it. And four, they play a style of football that I'm, I'm generally, like, not feeling. But I like it when they do it. So that's my... It's Arkansas. Who like I like liking Arkansas feels like a mistake. I mean, it doesn't. Who's it paid off for recently? <laughs> uh, who's who's the who who's the Arkansas fan who's sitting prettiest? Is it Jerry Jones? Because that's a weird ceiling. A uh, and M fans got to see Texas lose. So, oh my god! So them. Whew. That's yeah, that's bad. What about uh, now, Ryan? Do you do you have a team that you are just you're like okay, I'm like seriously not like the ooh guilty pleasure because guilty pleasure is kind of a like it's kind of a cowardly term because you're really just saying something that you like, right? But a team that you like that you're actually like genuinely conflicted about don't want to like you don't want to push it out there. Jason, can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I can. God oh, were, you, were you asking me? No, I was asking Ryan. Oh, okay. <laughs> it keeps dropping me. Sorry. <laughs> it's fucking bullshit. Okay, so Ryan, is there a team? Is there a team that you know you, you don't want to get out there? Other than Boston College? Yeah. Because, like, I don't know if anyone's going to be like, you think about that, Jason. Do do you have one? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I got I got one that'll uh that'll probably upset you quite a bit. Um, I mean, I think Bama is awesome. Just the the way they play, the t- level of talent they have, um, the massive stadium, the noise it can generate. I don't really root for them. I don't really root for anybody. Uh, you know, outside of like I like this team this season, or I like this coach or this player, or whatever. But just like the way Bama plays under Nick Saban and when they're at their best is just awesome to watch. As long as they're not losing to Ohio State. I got a weird one. I kind of like in in a in a part of my soul that I don't fully understand. I keep hoping Indiana football will be a thing. Yeah, like, I don't I don't know why either. I don't know why that is because there's plenty of evidence to the contrary. You're talking about the SEC East champs. SEC East champions, Indiana Hoosiers. And I don't think I would actually like to spend a lot of time with Indiana fans. I could be wrong, but it just doesn't feel that way. So I don't know why I like secretly when it whenever like Indiana is winning a game 10-7 early in the first half, there's a part of me that's like they're going to do it. You got <laughs> yeah, like the team that you irrationally like right. you're like, damn it, because I mean, I, I I don't think it's an uncomfortable statement because Colorado's a very pretty place, right? And they were very good when I was you know coming of age, uh, but Colorado, you know, I I'd be really happy, but I don't feel like there's no discomfort in me saying that. Like if I liked Alabama, it would be a problem because I don't really like anything they do other than kick ass, which they do a lot of, right? But when I look at, like, Arizona State, and I'm like, man, what a reprehensible dude Todd Graham allegedly is. And what a, like, loud, sunburnt fan base. And what a what an awesome thing they are when they're good. <laughs> like, when, when that team is really good, they're really fun to watch. And I know that, like, it's all in service of, like, Todd Graham. So, but, you know, when they're really good, they're awesome. And then when you depend on them, they, like, you know, get blown out by UCLA at home or whatever. Well, there's, like... I think Arizona State, they have that quality. I think they can sort of co-opt Todd Graham's greasiness. Because, like, last year when they played Notre Dame and Everett Colson threw, like, 17 pick sixes in the first quarter or whatever it was, and, like, hey, look, you know, Notre Dame's getting rocked by Satan in, like, full view of the sun. At that point, Todd Graham, you know, dressed in all black, bad guy, that was pretty awesome. There's also, I mean, assuming he makes it to through this season and the next and into the next one at Arizona State, it will officially be the place he's been the longest. Yeah, and like he he will kind of almost have that stank off of him. Then he's going to do something to just completely reverse all of his goodwill we have. And I that think, would be yeah, that's, an, have, that's an NFL job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll have that stank off him like he should. You know what I mean? But right. like. Nah, nah, that's that's his thing now. He'll be there for forty-seven years, and they'll have statues of him. And oh, 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 he's leaving any minute. Uh oh, <laughs> his job came open. That's Todd what, Graham died three years ago, but he's gonna go for it. Classic Graham. Classic Todd Graham move. Faked his own death to accept the Chargers job. <laughs> it's amazing. Also, like Arizona State, I know too. Like they, they're actually like Todd Graham secretly. Like if you talk to coaches who've worked under him. Um, he's kind of demanding and like not super warm and cuddly, but he lets them run whatever they want. You know, like you forget that Malzahn, you know, worked under Graham. You forget that like Herb Hand worked under Graham. Like a lot of really, you know, assistants who are considered pretty influential now worked under him. And they all like, you know, they're not like, yeah, you know, he's the greatest dude. But in terms of letting them take chances and run stuff, you know, Arizona State, they're the team that tries stuff. They're the team that does different things if you watch on the field. Now, they might be different things they took from somewhere else, but they're still doing them, you know? And they're just kind of, you know, lovably erratic down the stretch, i.e. they're a Pac-12 team. So, uh, Jason, do you have another one? Is there anyone else that, like, besides besides Bama, that you're like, okay, that, that's, that puts me in a bind, but I still like them? Yeah, I mean, as far as teams I, like, you know, root for, like, that's going to change from year to year. Um there's none I really feel bad about or I feel are ideologically opposed to. Uh, can I can I flip this question? Is there a team either of you root against that you're kind of like, oh, this is kind of shitty of me, but it's just who I am. Georgia State. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, you went, okay. you went, you went all the way down the ladder for that one. Okay. Yeah, which uh, it can, it can go one and eleven just fine without anyone rooting against it. Um, and to be fair, I've had fine times at Georgia State games. Their little Tuesday night opener, whatever it is, uh, that tends to kick off the FBS season against some Division nineteen opponent that comes down to the last play anyway. Always a good time, uh, but. You know, just for, at at some point, the, their their fans, you know, got really really cocky about like, you know, we're gonna go straight to the SEC, we're gonna go straight to the NFC South, we're gonna be in the Premier League in no time, when they barely even had a football program, and I'm I'm just never gonna get over it. But luckily, they're barely FBS, so it's it's not really like um you know I'm biased against a team that matters or anything like that. That's true. That's very big of you. Yeah, uh, I, I save it all for when it doesn't count. The team I have that I root against and probably feel worse about it for, it might be Utah. Like, Utah didn't do anything wrong, but I just, I've, I haven't watched a Utah game and found a reason to pull for them. And there's almost always a Pac 12 team that I would rather root for when Utah is playing. So I probably am unintentionally rooting against them in almost every game they play, except when they played Michigan. That was fun. I, except when they were the only fans left in Michigan. <laughs> the only, yeah. Except when, yeah. They, yeah, when they were obviously displaying valor. That was pretty great. In deplorable weather. The team that I root against for no particular reason, I really don't have it. I, I like their fans. I've been there. But, man, when, like, when Virginia Tech is putting like a 10-9 skunk <laughs> in that like noon spot, Right in an ACC conference game, I'm like, oh, get the fuck out of here, Frank Beamer. God, do I have to watch another game where you are just praying for a blocked field goal that you're not even going to get because you're not even that great at special teams anymore? Yeah, it is the Jepsons Malort of football. Yeah, I mean, and I'm conflicted because I like a lot of stuff about Virginia Tech and I love their defense. I just hate watching them attempt to move the ball. Yeah, they don't love it either. No, but they, yeah, I mean, like, I think they get that. If you went to a Virginia Tech fan, you're like, man, I hate watching your team. I, I mean, I love your stadium. I like your, your, your delicious turkey legs you sell at the concession stands. Um, I even like your coach, you know, like from a personality and like achievement perspective. Uh, but, and I, I hate watching your team play. When the, uh, earlier this week, there was a gift going around of, some robot competition and somebody made gifts of like the robots failing and like falling over. That's yeah. thought the same thing. I'm when like, that happened, like I saw multiple Virginia tech fans like, Oh yeah, this looks familiar. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a couple that were just Loeffler. Oh yeah. That's Logan Thomas. Honda made us a Logan Thomas and it doesn't work. <laughs> Tipping over, over, over. <laughs> Interception. And there, that's perfect. We're just in there. <laughs> I like that. 